Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of Inside Rugby League, the Rugby League podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as regular listeners will know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also writes stories and covers matches for our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. We were away last week, but unfortunately for our local sides, things didn't change that much because all three of them lost again. Something may well change at Bellevue on Thursday evening when Leeds Rhinos uh, travel to take on Wakefield Trinity. And uh, both sides will be looking to finally get off to a winning start, Peter. They will, yes. Um, well, something has to change, Yeah, doesn't it? So it, could, it could be a draw if we have 10 minutes of uh, golden point without score but I think it'll it'll probably get decided in normal time but I should imagine it'll be a close game. Leeds' games against Wakefield tend to be quite close they've often fallen into a pattern where either Wakefield win fairly comfortably or Leeds win narrowly. Leeds always find it tough going to, uh, to Bellevue and they certainly won't be relishing this week. Tough conditions at this, um, at this time of year and obviously Leeds not in the best of form, whereas Wakefield have also lost three. But you you could argue that they'll probably take more out of their performances than Leeds have. Both teams have had a tough start. Leeds have played Warrington, Wigan and Catalans. And Wakey have played Hull, um, Catalans away and Saints away. So they played the two grand finalists in the top two on the table from last year in successive weeks, both away from home. Um, lost narrowly in Catalans, a bit more convincing than Saints, but they gave Saints some problems and I, I think they'll fancy their chances this week against Leeds. They're going to be one or two team changes, but Mason Lino, I think, played in the reserves last week, so could come back in at half-back, which will certainly give them more options. Um, and on their own pitch, they'll feel that they've got the beating of Leeds. Leeds, though, could have some players back. They've had quite a number of players down obviously um, at the start of the season they seem to lose a player every week um, this time it's been Alex Meller who was knocked out in the Gemians Catalans last Thursday um, obviously he's ruled out because of the head injury protocol but the good news is Reese Martin is back from compassionate leave in Australia so he's included in the squad as is Harry Newman, who's had a hamstring problem and hasn't played yet this season, and uh, Big Dave Fussitua, the winger, who was concussed against Warrington in week one. So that would give Leeds a boost if they can get those three players back. But I, I just think it's going to be a very tight, tense affair. It, it's only four rounds in. It's only the fourth round of the season. So nothing's win and, won and lost at this stage, but... The longer any team goes on without a win, the more the pressure builds. And I think they'll both be be very anxious to get off the mark, but probably Leeds especially. Yeah, certainly. I, I too fancy Wakey, not obviously for obvious reasons, but also I do think, again, it's a good time to be playing Leeds. Um, we've seen, as you say, from Wakey's opening games, you could argue they should have beaten Hull. Uh, they were very close uh, to defeating Catalans. And last week against Saints, I uh, saw the highlights of that game. And they certainly 
put up a good fight and the recent form St. Helens have been in both the end of last season and the start of this 20 points to four feels almost like a bit of a moral victory, doesn't it? Um, certainly, you know, in times gone by, you might have expected Wakefield to concede double that. And I think even though they haven't been winning, uh, the defence has been fairly tight, hasn't it? The difference between points for and against, there's been no blowout defeats really. Um, so I think Wakefield can certainly take that into the game. Uh, from Leeds' point of view, I did see some of the game last week and uh, they looked a bit weak in attack leads, didn't they? They didn't seem to have any real way of opening up, excuse me, Catalans, which, you know, I suppose four points in the game tells its own story, really. Um, but I just feel, again, Wakefield probably fancy their chances Thursday night at home, uh, a good old local derby, and as, you, as we've said on here many times, the kind of game really where the Wakefield fans, you know, really expect their team to put on a show whenever they play Leeds and Cass, I suppose. Uh, so the, the players will certainly be up for it, and if Mason's back, then that's an added bonus. Tom Johnson's been getting a couple of tries, and Tom Lynham, I noticed, scored a nice one against Catalans as well. So, you know, the wingers are in good form and if Wakey can get the ball wide and cause Leeds some problems I'm quietly optimistic for this week um, as you say both teams really do need a win it's still early doors but you know, at the other end of the table teams are winning um, and creating a, a wider gap between the two ends of the table and I'm sure that Wakefield will be fairly confident of, of getting a win against their old enemy this week yeah, they always raise the game, Wakefield, don't they, to, to yeah. play Leeds. Uh, can't seem to beat Castleford. No. Whatever they do, they can't beat Castleford. But the the recent record against Leeds isn't too um isn't too bad and when they have lost it's been narrowly. So yeah, they'll they'll certainly fancy it. But I do think with the players coming back, Leeds will probably be a, a tougher proposition. Um Harry Newman is just a, a class act. Um, David Fussitua is big, he's strong, he's quick, he's a great finisher and, and he can catch a high ball, so he'll toughen them up a bit as well. And I, I think they've really missed Reese Martin in the second row. Um, last week, losing Alex Mellis so early, two minutes into the game, obviously was a, was a setback. It meant they were down to 16 players for almost the entire match. It, it um, messed up their rotation off the bench quite a lot um, so there were maybe mitigating circumstances but they need to do they need to threaten more on attack I think they've since the 20th minute in round two against Wigan they've they've rarely looked like scoring yeah which is a big concern because this is a, a talented Leeds team two very good halfbacks in Blake Austin and Aidan Caesar and some real quality out wide and strike power so they they need to be getting their act together soon. There's a bit of, um, I don't know if unrest is the right word, but a bit of disenchantment among the Rhinos fans at the moment. They were expecting a better start to the season. I think Leeds have maybe been a, a little bit victims of um, a positive pre-season in a way. They went through pre-season with no major injuries. They were, if you discount the, the res reserves as game at Hunslet, they were unbeaten in pre-season they look pretty good in patches and I think everyone expected them to get a good start to the year and expectations were a bit higher and um, 
they've not been able to live up to that so far. But if they can get a win this week, they've got a haul coming up and then Salford, they'll fancy the chances of going on a, a little bit of a run. But I think probably you'd say the same about Wakey. So, yeah, it's it's a big game. It should be a, a cracking atmosphere. And um, I think it's probably going to be a very tense 80 minutes. Yeah, certainly from a, a wingers' union point of view, it, it's uh, a mouth-watering occasion, isn't it? I'm looking forward to seeing Fussy Tua playing, and obviously Leeds have Ash Henley as well, and then Lynham and Tom Johnson, as we've met. So there's plenty... I don't think Lynham's in the squad, actually, from Wakefield. Oh, isn't he? Sorry, I hadn't not, seen that. not spoken to um, Willie Poaching yet, but, um, but no, it looks like he's out. Ah. I like Jack Young, Jack Croft centre um, is coming back in and they, Wakey do have options but obviously they'll they'll miss um, a finisher of Tom Lynham's quality especially with um, obviously Bill Tupu still out and Reese Lynham um, sorry Reese <laughs> Reese Lynham um, Reese Lynn is who I mean yeah. <laughs> he's still suspended so, so that's not ideal you know, that's not ideal for them Leeds will maybe fancy the chances of um, having some joy out wide but um, Wakefield's pack will similarly feel that they can uh, they can get on top Leeds obviously still without um, James Bentley um, Tom Holroyd remains um, remains injured and as we mentioned Alex Mellor's out so I think Wakefield's pack will, will be very much up for this one yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think that whoever does win, unless by some freak it does end as a draw, um, I think the bo- you know both sides capable of going on a run uh, after that. As you say, it's not been the easiest of starts for either party. Um, and as you say, the sooner they can get a win, hopefully now the weather's getting a bit better as we come into March and the pitches start to dry out a bit. It'll suit their games a bit more than getting involved in Arm wrestles up the middle, uh, which certainly seemed to be the case for periods of Leeds' game against Catalans. I know it was a dreadful night anyway, uh, weather-wise and conditions-wise. And uh, certainly let's hope that better days are ahead weather-wise as well. Uh, Just one other point that I noticed from the the Leeds game, uh, often being critical of the video referee on this programme, but uh, the Aidan Caesar try there, I think... If I'd watched that with only one take and, and no video, I would never have given it, it look like a knock-on, a double movement and all kinds of things. But when he actually slowed it down and they showed it on the video referee, it was actually a, a fantastic piece of skill by Aidan all the way around, wasn't it? He managed to sort of lose control of the ball, regain it, go to the ground, but never actually putting his elbow down or getting the defending player to get his arm on the ball. And it was actually a, a super scar and... Uh, you know, as I say in the past, I've been critical of the video ref, and I, th- I fancy maybe on a, on a Sunday afternoon somewhere without the benefit of the replays, that try might not have been given. But that, that's exactly to me what the video ref is there for. It, it cleared it up straight away. For, in, in fairness, the referee did say at the time he felt it was a try, uh, but on on first viewing as as a spectator, it would have been given. It's absolutely it would have been given. So it's it's not a case for the video referee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the ref got the ref got that one right. Well, he, he um, did, yeah, but it, it was. It, I know what you're saying, and it was good to it was good to see that the video evidence backed it up. Then, shall we say? Yeah, I'd, um, 
we've been over this this ground numerous times, but yeah. I'd rather just leave it to the uh, leave it to the referee. Um, maybe you can in goal decisions you can make a case for having a video referee, but as I've said consistently, I'm I'm not a big fan of the um, of the concept, and certainly not for for incidents that don't actually involve um, involving goal situations. But yeah, that was a good finish from um, Caesar. Leeds have led in all three games so far this year, but haven't been able to kick on. So that's something that they'll they'll need yeah. to sort out. So pretty sharpish. Uh, another big game as well: Castleford against Hull on um, Sunday afternoon. A rare Sunday afternoon game yeah. down at the jungle. I think there'll be a big crowd for that. And Castleford are another team desperate for. Um, for a win, particularly this week with Lee Radford facing his former club for the first time. They've had a couple of players suspended, both ex-Hall players. Um, at the time of recording, I've not heard if they're going to appeal, but I've not. Um, we have to assume that, that Fremo and Watts will be banned, which is a, a blow for Castleford and for the neutral fan, Yeah, really. But I think Cast with strong Hull connections will be very much up for it. Paul won't want to lose to um, to Lee Radford, obviously their former coach, um, and they'll want to build on a, a very good win over Salford. Last Saturday, I covered that game for the Yorkshire Post, and Paul were impressive under a bit of pressure early on. They defended well, and they cut loose after sort of weathering the early storm and um, played some good stuff. Jake Connor was sensational. It's rare you see a player have such a huge dominant effect on a game, but he scored a try, assisted in six others of the um, of the nine that were scored, and, and just completely ran the show. And Castleford, if they don't um, keep him in check on Sunday, it's going to be a long afternoon for them. Um, they need they need to get off the mark under uh, Lee Radford, as we mentioned about Leeds and. Wakey, the longer you go, the more the pressure builds. Um, I'm sure Cass will be fine this season. They've got plenty of talent in the squad and, and they'll, they'll be comfortably mid-table, I, I think. Um, but they need to get off the mark just to, to cheer everybody up, really, and to give everybody a, a little bit extra belief. I think they'll find it hard this week, though, as I say, if... Um, if Hull play the way they did against Salford, they'll they'll be difficult to beat. I think. Yes, uh, to me, that was a bit of a surprise to me last weekend. Hull's win over Salford. I read your report, obviously, in the Yorkshire Post and Connor's role in it in particular. And I also uh, caught up with the tries on the, the Super League highlights program. And Salford had gone there uh, two out of two, hadn't they? And quite honest, I expected Salford to win. If if, if you'd asked me. Before the game, I'd have been back in them, but it was in the end, it turned out to be a very convincing win uh, for Hull, who again are <laughs> consistently inconsistent, aren't they? Um, they seem to blow hot and cold. You're never quite sure which Hull are going to turn up. But as you say, the, they'll have a great incentive on Sunday uh, to beat their old boss and keep cast down there. From a cast point of view, I saw, again, the highlights of their game uh, last week, but their def their defence seemed very poor last week. Castleford, it's, I don't know, they just seemed a bit disorganised against Hull KR. Once Hull KR got on a roll, 
they just seem to cut through them at will, really, and uh, barging over the line. I know the couple of sin binnings didn't help cast, did they? But again, I suppose we could go on every week about sin binnings and disciplinaries and that. But um, oh, I, I actually thought that for long spells they defended very well because they were down to eleven men for um, for about five minutes in the first half with Freeman Watts both in the sim bin and they didn't concede during that time when they were down to 12 they conceded the opening try but they actually hit back to, to go in front when they only had um, 12 men and I, I thought the spirit they showed and the togetherness in that period was very good just unfortunately they just had to do too much defence their, their attack yeah. wasn't really up to much they, they kept putting themselves under pressure rather than putting whole KR under pressure and, and it it took its toll in the end that they'll have to cut out the errors and, and be better with the ball, I think, if they're going to win this week. Yeah, maybe that was the case then. I mean, it's, it's harder to tell when, you, when you're just seeing the highlights, but they, they certainly yeah. seem to run out of steam, you know, in the second half and, you know, Hull seem to be running away with it at the end there. Uh, but as you say, if you, you can't afford to be down any men really, Nowadays, can you with such a physical game and such energy? Uh, it's hard enough defending thirteen v thirteen, let alone when you're a couple of key players down. Mm. Um, again, interesting from a disciplinary point of view, just the kind of things that they're picking on as much as anything this year uh, that probably wouldn't have been even looked at at one time, would they? You know, the the Watts shove and I know David Fafita's in. Wakey's game as well would have probably been a speed, a talking to and a, and a penalty at most perhaps. Um, Faramino, I think he genuinely went for the ball, didn't he? And the guy just hit the ground at the wrong time from Faramino's point of view. But again, two games for that does seem very harsh. But that's that that's as it is this year, and uh, that's obviously the things they're going to be penalising. And as long as they're consistent, that magic word we keep mentioning with regard to the disciplinary in red and yellow cards, then there's not much more you can say than, you know, this is how it is from now on, really. And mm-hmm. Not all fans are in favour of it, I know, and commentators, and at times it does seem very hard, but if we're going to cut out the high shots and the head injuries, we've got to start somewhere. Yeah, I think Bresser was a bit unlucky, really, and it, it's a card under the way things are, are going at the moment, but had had the, the whole KR player who he, he took a high bomb and, and was going to ground when, when he was hit and if he'd been on his feet it would have been a perfectly timed tackle yeah. but the interpretation is that it's it's up to the um, the defending player the player making the tackle to um, to get it right it's the onus of responsibilities on him so you know that that's just the way it is at the moment and and the move is the crackdown, the RFL say it's not a crackdown, but it clearly is. Um, it's designed to, to protect players and also to pre- protect the game from um, from possible future legal action. So I think it's just something that everybody's got to adjust to and um, and get on with. Nobody really likes it. Nobody wants to see 11 versus 13 or 12 v 12 or whatever. And nobody wants to see the best players suspended. But I, I just think it's a... A sign of the times at the yeah. moment, and, and we'll have to get used to it. 
Yeah, I think on, on the replay I saw the Feromino incident, he's, he's actually making a catching moment as he goes through, you know, kind of a, almost an either I'm going to catch the ball or I'm going to tackle the player with the ball. Uh, but the play yeah. hits the ground and he dives over the top and he's actually catching thin air, but his, his body probably catches the player in the face as he's going through with that motion. But obviously it's it's impossible for him to stop or change course in a split second like that. So he, he's just going to have to take his medicine. And as we've said on here before, I'm sure it will happen to others this week and, and every week until the season's out. But uh, it's frustrating, but ultimately, hopefully for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. Um, other bit of rugby league related news we should maybe talk about is uh, the England squad. I mentioned J- Jake Connor's performance for Hull the other day. Well, he's not in the England squad. Um, I wonder whether it maybe he might have been if um, if it had been picked after the way he played for against uh, Salford. But he's probably one of the players who consider himself a bit unfortunate not to be in the thirty-man training squad. Mm. There's some other. Notable omissions, people like Tom Johnson of Wanky, you've already mentioned him today. He's he's had a good start to the season. Ash Hanley from Leeds, another winger, not in there. No Luke Gale. Um, he misses out again. Obviously, he's suspended at the moment. But I think that one of the interesting inclusions is Ryan Hall. Yes. Um, 34. It'll be 35 just after this year's World Cup final. It's uh, four years since he last played for England but I still think he's up there with the best wingers in um, in Super League and it, I'd say he, he is the best Super League winger um, the competition's seen certainly the best British Super League winger some some people might argue with that but um, that's my opinion um, and it's great to see him to see him back in there I think his size and his power and his finishing ability will make him an asset to the England squad and, and it'd be quite some story if he uh, if he actually makes it um, all the way through to the World Cup. I'm pleased for Mikuledski, Cruz Leeming and Harry Newman from Leeds who are all included. Um, I think Niall Evolds deserves his call-up from Castleford, as does Paul McShane. Um, certainly some good competition at Hooker with the likes of Darrell Clark, McShane and, um, and Leeming going for the role and uh, it's nice to see that Wakey have got someone in there uh, Reese Lynn if I can get his name right this time um, is is included retains his place so that's good for um, good for Trinity I think it's a quite a strong well balanced um, 13 it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how it um, develops and changes over the season we've just been speaking to Sean Wayne on a Zoom call about his squad and he says the door is very much open to anyone who's playing well. He'll pick people on form, whoever they are. Um, so I think it's extra incentive for the likes of Connor and Johnson and Hanley and Griffin at Hull and, and people like that who've missed out. Um, it's just another reason for them to play well for the clubs this year. Um, and it'll be it'll be really interesting to see um, whether players can force their way in. Yeah, certainly when you when you consider the players you've listed who are out, um, it says something about the strength of the squad that Sean Wayne thinks he's got because I'm sure you could make a strong argument for any of those men. Uh, Carla, Gareth Widdop, Tom Johnson, Jordan Abdul was in 
There's lots of Peter. I missed that. Yeah, sorry. I, I, that's a good good point. I've not mentioned Gareth Widdop, but he's a he's another one who um, who is going to want to play in the World Cup and will probably feel that that he should be in the squad. So he's he's someone else who'll have a, a real point to prove for um, for Warrington this year, and um, I'm sure that, that that's in Sean Wayne's mind as well that he wants to cheat. G people up and show nobody's guaranteed a place, and um, um, and it's all about how you impress for your club. So that's yeah. that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, and just another player I saw mentioned in this match is uh, Jordan Abdul, who I read a lot mm-hmm. about in you know working on the Yorkshire Post, and he always seems to be Mister Consistent and a player whose game seems to improve and get better year after year. You sometimes wonder with a guy like Sean Wayne as well whether he's put a, left a couple of them out just to put a little rocket under them and just to remind them that your place isn't guaranteed. And uh, as you say, that can only benefit the player and their club. You know that so people like Connor and Gareth Widdop, Tom Johnson, will be thinking, well, you know, I've been involved in this before and I want to get back there, uh, you know, for the World Cup and so on. And that can only benefit their clubs too. And as you say, it's nice to see as well that the the actual squad is is fairly representative of the of the competition as a whole, rather than just two or three clubs providing you know ninety percent of the players. And mm. That's good to see too, and again gives gives hope to other players at that club. Um, obviously, with injuries and suspensions as the season rolls on, uh, I'm sure there'll be some changes again, and some players will unfortunately miss out for reasons beyond their control and others might get a chance to come in um, but certainly on paper a very strong looking squad which in my mind may, seems even stronger with the guys we've listed who aren't actually in it as well so that all bodes well and uh, I'm sure Sean Wayne will have a plan, plan in his mind and uh, as the season goes on uh, but that's a good start anyway from an England point of view yeah just finally, Peter, last night, the draw for the next round of the Challenge Cup, the fifth round, uh, one particularly eye-catching game, Batley and Featherston involving our local sides. Um, sh- should be a good one. Um, again, Batley been going well this season. Featherston, although they're expected to go well, they're still to win the games, haven't they? They can't just expect to turn up and win. And, uh, you know... That looks a, a decent game on paper. Sure to be a, a good crowd there for that one. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a um, an interesting contest. It's always hard for any visiting team at Mount Pleasant with a slope and the pitch. Um, sometimes being on the a touch on the heavy side. Um, so yeah, good game. Leah against Bradford and um, another one. Yeah, um, it's obviously it's a it's a big round in the competition this because the Super League clubs come in in the next round round um, round six I'm sure the, the likes of Lee and Featherston will be really keen to get through and to draw Super League club and, and to prove their um, top flight credentials but an earlier than usual Challenge Cup final this year at a different venue in um, in Tottenham and I think the competition is, uh, is really going to take off when the Super League clubs come in everyone will want to be part of a a special occasion, the, the final being staged at Spurs for as a one-off, and um, one or two teams who aren't going to win Super League are 
are probably going to fancy the chances of uh, of a decent run in the cup, as we mentioned before. Maybe the likes of Wakey and um, and Castleford could have a real go at it this year. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who took his son on the Spurs ta- stadium tour during the half-time holiday last week, and he says it's an absolutely amazing venue. Um, he said, you know, that the behind the scenes, the bars and that are as good as any luxurious hotel you'd visit. And obviously, inside the stadium itself, the view and the pitch and the general aura is absolutely amazing. And the changing rooms, he said, you know, you just can't fault anything with it, which I suppose you can't for a billion pound bill. But, uh, you know, I said to him, he, he's a big rugby league fan as well. Um, you know, would he be going down? And he's, he's hoping to go down, obviously, like me. Mm. He's been hoping that it be following Wakefield again one day. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a good choice of venue and, uh, again, a, a good opportunity for Rugby League to showcase itself to to the supporters of Tottenham and maybe London clubs who haven't thought about the game before uh, and the wider TV audience probably intrigued to see a game like that being played at Spurs rather than Wembley. So I, I think it's all yeah. good. And as you say, Featherstone, from our point of view, but also Lee, um, wanting to get through to play the Super League clubs and and maybe Sheffield and York as well from the the wider Yorkshire area with the games against North Wales Crusaders and Whitehaven respectively, uh, you know, chance of progressing as well. Uh, So, and as you say, uh, bringing it forward in the season as well to a more sort of traditional time in May, um, may get more people back behind the competition as well, which is ultimately what we want. Absolutely. Okay, Peter. Well, thanks for your comments again. Um, as I say, I think I'll, I'll stick with Wakey for my prediction this week. And probably, I think Hull will probably beat Cass as well. So uh, another interesting weekend coming up for our local sides. Thanks to you for your comments. And uh, hopefully we'll be back again soon.